All right. Trottier here, Ian Trottier, for Discussion of Truth. Um, look, uh, do, 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 do. okay, so coming up at the 5 o'clock hour, this is the 3 o'clock hour, from the 5 o'clock hour here. Uh, you're, of course, listening to this uh, via podcast, iTunes, whatever it may be, um, as a recorded version. But uh, we will be streaming on, uh, it's called, it's on Ning, People for People. Uh, they just uh, wanted to pick me up, so they picked me up. It's in Europe. And uh, I'll be streaming live through them. Um, and, uh, of course, I've been doing uh, during remote. Um, so I have not been um, going live, per se, on, on my different platforms. But um, yesterday, Eric Phelps, author and also doctor, uh, uh, artist uh, from Texas, joined me. Uh, Phelps talked about the Vatican Assassins. And he calls these vaccinations the Jesuit jabs. And uh, Dr. Artis uh, spoke from a medical perspective about the the dangers of these vaccines. So um, that's a show uh, that we did yesterday. Coming up the 5 o'clock hour, we'll be talking about uh, um, the uh, child abduction and um, sexual misconduct uh, with minors out of Haiti, orphanages in Haiti really alarming uh that actually is uh, something that came my way today they wanted to join me so i'm putting them on people for people uh is uh what's going to be streaming that uh live and right now uh and, and not to mention larry clayman uh joined me sunday alan keys uh joined me um saturday and this coming saturday uh, I'll be joined by um, uh, second the uh, uh, Patrick Byrne. Pardon me, Patrick Byrne. He's the uh, founder and former CEO of uh, Overstock.com. So he'll be joining uh, the program. And uh, there's an event in Dallas coming up. Uh, event in Tampa. Anyway, so uh, things are busy, and I'm going to bring on right now. Um, Oh, let's see here. The candidate for the candidate for governor, um, California governor, Nicholas Wildstar. Let's see if he's. Uh, let's see if he's. Uh, there we go. Hello. Nicholas. Yes. Hello, Ian. It's uh, nice to connect with you, sir. And uh, for listeners. To understand, uh, we connected through, I think it was through an Instagram post. Yes. <laughs> I'm not sure which one in particular. I kind of do a, a lot of posting. Okay, fantastic. So anyway, so um, welcome to Discussion of Truth. And um, it's nice to have you join the program. Uh, for listeners to, uh, to understand here, you are running for governor of California. Tell, uh, tell listeners a little bit about who you are. Uh, give an introduction, please. Absolutely. Well, I'm a longtime activist here in California. Lots of people that's been involved in community activism know me. I've been involved in protests and marches and rallies for uh, police brutality, for media censorship, for women's rights. Uh, for government corruption, and of course, with these latest uh, violations of constitutional rights by our public officials here in California, I've been involved in those protests as well. So um, I've been doing that for over a decade now, 
and have ran for governor twice before this. I actually ran in 2014 and then again in 2018. I was I ran as a libertarian and was the endorsed candidate for the party. So um, I chose again to throw my uh, hat in the ring for this uh, 2022 gubernatorial. But as I said, I've been involved in the protest to reopen the state and uh, have been also a petitioner collecting signatures for the initiative to recall Gavin Newsom. So um, I got to meet thousands of people doing so, uh, go outside of Walmart with a table, uh, you know, and uh, speak with people, have them sign a petition and uh, thankfully uh, contributed to the uh, winning total of over 2 million signatures that we were able to gather. So it was one of the largest volunteer efforts in the country to remove a sitting official, which we lawfully are able to do under the California law, uh, is remove a sitting official during, uh, during one of their terms. If we deem them unfit, we can simply just um, initiate that recall, put in that petition, once we collect enough valid signatures, then we'll have a special election to remove that official. So that's what's happening here in California. So I'll be running in the recall election to replace Gavin Newsom. Well, it's very well said, Nicholas, and um, articulated very well for, for folks that didn't quite understand uh, what the what the laws were, uh, and certainly without citing the, the laws. But you've been involved in politics in, in that state for a decade, you say. Um, what initially got you involved in, uh, in a political arena in California? As seeing the failure of our leadership, especially under our Democratic leadership, I was a longtime uh, Democratic voter, you know, straight out of high school, being a black man. <laughs> uh, you're promoted to vote for the Democratic Party candidates. And uh, just coming from that type of household as well, uh, that was all I knew. But I was also a person that was politically inclined and involved and aware. So as I started to see these Democratic um, leaders fail the people of the state, um, I start to search for other, you know, um, other parties. And um, the Republican Party, of course, through the media and its prowess nationwide, has already given us a great example of that. But um, I wanted to search for other options. So for a long time, I was politically homeless until I stumbled upon Dr. Ron Paul, uh, who was running as a libertarian against Barack Obama in 2012. Now, I voted for Barack Obama in 2012, but he also campaigned on wanting to get Wall Street out of politics and a month into his presidency took a half a million dollars from Goldman Sachs and bailed out the banks and, you know, uh, pretty much just threw away our economy um, at the hands of Wall Street. And that's when I was done completely with the Democratic Party and stumbled upon Dr. Ron Paul, who was campaigning on ending the Federal Reserve, this private bank that's that basically creates money out of thin air and we the people pay interest on take tours and become a part of so i got involved in this 26 uh, pardon me um yes uh 2016 campaign for president um and uh 
yeah, did everything that I could to introduce people to him as a candidate. Uh, or no, tw not 2016. It was 2012, I believe. No, I'm getting my election, my presidential elections mixed up. <laughs> uh, the last time Barack Obama ran. Uh, yeah, 2012 election. Yeah. 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 So um, I got involved in the 2012 election, pounded the pavement to get his name out there. And that was my first time ever getting involved in a political campaign, but then took it a step further by getting involved in the party myself uh, in the Libertarian Party when I ran in 2018. Um, so uh, that's pretty much yeah. Put me on the path to wanting again to create a new brand of leadership here in the state, one that's more reflective of what the people of California want. And that's more so just being able to exercise our civil liberties, you know, our uh, individual rights without making sure that government is raping us in the process and taking all of our tax dollars and frivolously spending it and mismanaging uh, our money on pet projects and not seeing any any uh you know fruit from that labor yeah and unfortunately i didn't see uh I, I didn't understand what ron paul was getting at uh until recently so uh, uh he, i wasn't a, i wasn't i was i wasn't supporting ron paul when you were supporting ron paul but you and i have connected on that banking issue and i want you to get into that in a little bit but 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 first off um this is what you're bringing up here is very interesting as a libertarian, and uh, Cynthia McKinney, someone that's been on my program, and she ran for president, uh, maybe in that 2012 election with the Green Party, um, and 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 a lot of Americans like you are saying, especially uh, in 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 a, in a state that's very close to you in California, Utah, where these Republicans were booing uh, Mitt Romney, uh, the, the 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 political party system in the United States is incredibly corrupt. So, uh, talk a little bit more about that, and 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 uh, uh, for listeners. Uh, explain to them the corruption that's going on in the banking system. Well, yeah, it's just seeing the duopoly pretty much take um, take hold of our country by way of the political system, the two-party system, and its dominance through the Republican and Democratic Party. I mean, um, they borrow money from the Federal Reserve, which is a private bank, it's owned by, you know, wealthy families. Good question, right? The... What's that? It's a good question. Who who owns it? That's that's the question, right? Yes, especially if we're borrowing money from these people. Why should we be doing that when our country has the authority to coin its own money underneath under the Constitution, which Congress does not do? They haven't audited the Federal Reserve to find out if we've actually paid down the supposed national debt, which is 26 trillion plus now, I believe, um, in interest from the money that we've been borrowing from the Federal Reserve since it's been around in the 30s and you know was put into law as the main facility that we borrow money from instead of coining our own. So it's taking away our economic power and our ability to again create a sound currency where we're able to 
you know, improve our buying power. People are looking at gas prices, which are, you know, skyrocketing and the cost of living just across the board. Food now is going up due to this crisis and food shortages. So everything is going up and people are blaming it uh, on this pandemic. But before that, the prices were already going up for homes, uh, to send your kids to school, etc. So the reason why the costs have been going up versus, you know, back in the 20s when a cup of coffee used to be 20 cents or hell, back in the 90s when a gallon of gas was 99 cents, you know, I'm young enough to where I can tell people in my lifetime, you know, I I remember when a soda was 25 cents and I sound like some, you know, (laughs) uh, senior in his 80s or 90s saying that stuff to some younger guy, you know, and I'm a millennial. So it's sad that in my short lifetime, I've seen prices of little things just expand incredibly. And knowing that the reason behind that is because the price of our uh, our, our dollar itself is being inflated, um, increasing the prices. So my remedy to that is actually create the Bank of California, which will coin and create its own currency, which will challenge against the Federal Reserve note because it won't be backed by debt, which it says on your dollar, if you look on it, it says this currency is used for debt purposes and debt only. Uh, our Our California dollar will be backed by California resources. We are one of the largest producers of um of food uh, when it comes to fruits and vegetables. We create over half of the world's um, uh, production of that. We also have oil here in California. We have other industries like, you know, the uh, tech industry, the fintech industry, the film industry. Uh, We'd be able to have that dollar be backed by something that's valuable versus nothing at all, um, which is what's happening with our current dollar. You know, Biden right now, by creating these um, stimulus packages, is inflating our money even more. And now they're contemplating reparation payments, which is also going to inflate the currency even more. So at some point, they got to hit stop on that printer. But instead, it seems to just be going nonstop. Um, and again, since people are unable to work at this time and uh, contribute to society as they would before, then we're going to end up having to pay taxes on the amount of money that's being borrowed from this private company. And we're not going to be able to afford paying off that debt, not in our lifetime, not in our kids' lifetime not in the generation after that lifetime. So it's digging our our country into debt, and every person needs to be responsible in making sure that we're holding our elected officials accountable when it comes to money management. Yeah, and listeners should um, recall uh, that California at one point in time, and perhaps still is, was very rich in uh, natural resources being gold, and uh, the Comstock load uh, right there in the Sierra Nevada in Carson City produced um, uh, great wealth in, in silver. So this has been a systematic takeover 
of the U.S. dollar. And what you're talking about is exactly uh, 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 true, Nicholas, in that the uh, the devaluation of the dollar has been uh, incredibly dramatic. Um, and with this COVID-19 pandemic, the middle class has been under uh, great attack. Let me ask you a question, though, Nicholas. Um, and you seem very well versed in this, and, and I hope this resonates with listeners. Uh, the the uh, why is it that large American corporations, for instance, and you're you're representing uh, economically uh, basically the most uh, productive state in the union, um, and uh, we can we can go into this topic as well, and, and, and just look at it as, a, as its own country, for instance. But why is it in in, in a federal union? Why is it that the uh, these large corporations? Uh, American corporations are, are 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 being permitted. Why is it that we're being we're permitting these corporations to manufacture, such as Nike shoes, for instance, or Apple iPhones? We're permitting these corporations to manufacture these products in China. What what are your opinion? What's your opinion on that? And what your what are your comments in regards? Well, they're private companies, so they're able to do whatever they choose as far as production goes and where they choose to set up manufacturing facilities if anything i think it's sad that the american um you know business climate is so unfriendly that these countries that these companies are chased away to other countries i mean it doesn't make any sense that california itself is so business unfriendly that we're seeing you know tons of corporations leave the state oracle tesla um you name it they're packing up they're leaving and they're hitting the road and that's mainly because the taxes are too high there's too many regulations there's too much government oversight that's pre- presenting uh, preventing these businesses from being able to be as productive as they would like to be. I spoke with a tomato manufacturer um, or tomato farming company um, here in California. And uh, the business owner was telling me that he needs water in order to, you know, uh, I guess, do what he needs to do to create tomato products, you know, uh, whether it's spaghetti sauce or ketchup or whatever the case may be. Water is needed to clean the tomatoes and, you know, create the products that come from it. And he was telling me that he had to battle the state with regards to his water usage because they were fining him. They were restricting the amount of water he was able to use. And he's like, hey, I'm producing food. I'm I'm not wasting the water. I'm using it to create something that we all need to live. Versus Nestle, a multi-million billion dollar corporation, which siphons off millions of fresh water, gallons of uh, fresh water here in California, bottles it up and sells it back to us. They don't pay a dime in taxes. They're not regulated at all. And it's just awful that, again, a company that is smaller, still large corporation, you know, is multi-billion dollar producing company. Um, But still, he's having to deal with government red tape that's preventing him from doing something more um, contributing to society versus Nestle, which is doing it purely for profit. So when it comes to putting profits over people, our government officials don't care about that. So crony capitalism takes control over our business, uh, you know, our, our business practices, and that needs to stop. 
I won't be supporting any type of crony capitalistic nature at all whatsoever and plan on doing everything in my power to end those type of um, relationships. I recently had on the program a, uh, a fellow named Paul Preston, and what he's doing is he's attempting to create an entirely new state out of the existing uh, California. Uh, he calls it a New California. In fact, New California Online is his website. Yes. What are your comments in regards to uh, people such as that? Even even uh, the, the there's a the county I think that borders Oregon called Jefferson. They've been trying to separate from California. What what yes. is what is your uh, what would your comment in regards to movements such as that? I support independence of any um, portion of California, whether it be Jefferson State, whether it be the six states California initiative uh, that was presented by Tim Draper, um, or as you said, the new California or Cal Exit, which I'm actually a part of, Yes California, I'm a Yes California Cal uh, Congress member which is pushing for California independence and has a petition circulating right now to explore uh, secession. Um, basically, just because we're a donor state to the federal government. I mean, California loans more to the feds than it borrows. So when we talk about improving our schools here in the state or our um, medical, our healthcare system, it would be best if we kept that money here to help our state first before we send it off to the federal government. That's simply not happening. And with us being the fifth, sixth largest economy in the world, yet still being the, the most heavily taxed, if we were to cut uh, those taxes, sever that relationship of borrowing from the federal government and loaning them money, then we could move up that economic ladder. So I see the benefits of um, establishing independence and creating our own uh, country here in California. And, and basically we are a nation state. Even Gavin Newsom himself said that when the pandemic first hit uh, to let Donald Trump know um, that he would be moving forward with his own you know, uh, precautionary measures and that wasn't being recommended at that time by, you know, President Trump and his administration. So uh, California definitely has the framework to, again, put itself in the position where it can uh, establish true independence. And I think the people of the state would benefit from that. So as governor, I'll do everything in my power to make sure that we're strengthening ourselves. But if it comes to a point where that is necessary, then I would be um, full on board with supporting that. There's a woman named Ellen Brown uh, that I believe ran for treasury, uh, treasurer in, uh, in that state. And, and, and she's for quite a while uh, been trying to make California independent economically, at least that's uh, from my perspective, is, is what she's uh, been doing. Uh, it's an interesting dichotomy here that you're, that you're bringing up. Uh, of course, we know that uh, California, uh, as, it, as, as it left the Mexican Union and, and then uh, became part of the U.S. Union, was for a couple of years, my understanding, its own republic. Uh, same with Texas and Arizona, which were their own entities. Uh, this is something, of course, as you're addressing, that, that has been a topic regardless of political aisle. Um, so let's say you're saying Newsom uh, strong-arming uh, uh, Schwarzenegger and even Brown uh, 
and some of these other people and saying, hey, we can take care of ourselves. We don't need your federal union. But here's what's interesting, and I want your comments on this, Nicholas. Now you have a uprising within the state, over 2 million, well over 2 million is from my understanding, uh, 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 signed, petition, uh, signed people on this petition that want to get uh, Newsom out of office. Talk a little bit about, about, about that. Why do Californians want Newsom out of office? What is he doing? And, uh, and, and, and address that dichotomy, whereas here we have him saying, hey, California can take care of himself, but it seems that he's not even taking care of Californians. <laughs> well, that's because he's just another corrupt politician, you know, that cares more about himself and putting himself in a position of power to where, you know, he's all set versus his constituency, the 99% of us that are suffering because of that. Um, him and his family, Nancy Pelosi, who is his auntie, have dominated the state politics for over 50 years. He was the former mayor of San Francisco, and you need to look no further than that city to see why he was ill-equipped to become the governor. But he was groomed under um, Governor Jerry Brown as his lieutenant governor to pretty much take over that spot. And he was grandfathered in because of that uh, cozied up crony crony relationship. Um, and that's the problem. The people of the state have seen that. Uh, okay, bringing Nicholas back. <laughs> thanks thanks for your patience on that. Okay, here we go. Uh, so anyway, uh, Newsom in San Francisco and Pelosi in that uh, kind of minefield of uh, corrupt politicians. What's that? Um, oh, okay, so we've got uh, got a video here. Um, let's see, let me turn this video on. Oh, goodness. <laughs> hold on, hold on, Nicholas. Are you there? All right. Hello. Can you see me? Can you hear me? Uh, I can hear you. I can't see you. Okay. Well, I can see myself and I can hear you, so. All right, we'll keep it at that. <laughs> All right. No problem. So, um, so, so we, were, we were talking about San Francisco and that, uh, that uh, minefield of corrupt politicians. So the people of California have seen the growth of these aristocrats pretty much take over the state. Um, and they're upset with it. And it's sad right now that the mainstream media is more so focusing on what Newsom has done during this pandemic, um, like him going out to the French Laundry restaurant when other restaurants were shut down under his, um, under his lockdown orders. People weren't able to go and have uh, go out to restaurants and eat indoors. He was. He did exactly that at this five-star fancy restaurant um, and was indoors without wearing a mask, not socially distancing, but yet again imposing these measures on other businesses and even going as far as shutting them down if they didn't comply. Uh, so that was hypocritical and that boosted the amount of people that got on board with signing a recall. But before that, um, a lot of people were upset with just what he did um, to prevent people from being able to work for themselves. There's 
into law before the lockdown called AB5. It prevents people from working as an independent contractor and uh, Uber and Lyft during the 2012 election had pretty much rallied the people of the state to vote for um, vote uh, or vote against Prop 22 or, or vote for Prop 22 pardon me, because it provided a loophole for rideshare drivers so they could continue to work as independent contractors. But everybody else, whether you're a roofing contractor or a painter or a, a barber or electrician, can't work for yourself in the state of California, you must work for an employer so they can provide medical benefits for you. So there's another cozied up relationship between the medical um, you know, healthcare professionals and healthcare industry and the politicians that are in their pockets. So this again, added to unemployment in the state tremendously before the lockdown. And um, with the EDD department itself already being overwhelmed because of that, they dropped the ball severely. Millions of taxpayer dollars again were wastefully spent um during their fraudulent disbursement of edd funds to fraudsters and, and those were even found out to be um from the edd department themselves also so there hasn't been any accountability under gavin newsom at all he's um mismanaged the fire uh or the uh land management when it comes to wildfires in the state so because he hasn't allowed any land clearing. This has exacerbated the wildfires in the state. Um, but he also took more taxpayers' money to expand Cal Fire and create new fire departments, which were supposed to address this issue. And yet now we're faced with the drought, and they're saying this summer that we could have more fires than ever before since mm -hmm. it's most historical uh, driest seasons on record. So, and of course, when it comes to natural resources, he hasn't helped with the water um, issue. So you have farmers that are suffering because of that. Uh, we're pretty much becoming the new dust bowl um, here in the state. And as I said, that would be a devastation to our food chain here in the country because we supply over half of the nation's produce. So we want to make sure that we're able to keep food on our tables across the country. We need to make sure that California is in a better position. Right now under Gavin Newsom, it is not. So a lot of people are on board with getting him out of office right now. Nicholas, I want to get your, uh, your comment here uh, about um uh, this uh, this banking uh, family um, that uh, is often thrown around there in regards to theories, conspiracy theories. But uh, there's literature here. There's a book that 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 I'm looking at right now. A book title. It's called The Rothschild and the Gold Rush, talking about California. Um, written by a, a, a former Harvard uh, professor, I believe, who's a professor at Harvard, called Giles Constable. Um, and and what, what's interesting here is that there was Recently, uh, in the past decade, there was a flag that uh, George Washington flew called the U.S. Grand Union flag. And what caught interest by a lot of folks was that that flag was almost identical. Um, again, this is something that Washington flew in 1776, but almost identical to the Rothschild controlled British 
British East Indies Company. Um, what do you think about monopolies in the United States? And, uh, and, 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 and could it be possible that the Rothschild organization, as an investment firm that's out of the city of London, uh, could, be, uh, could have uh, their fingers involved in um, California even today? Oh, yes, absolutely. I mean, um, you could just look at the establishment of the Federal Reserve Act back in the 1930s, signed into law by Woodrow Wilson, and look into how it came to fruition. Um, the book, the, what's it called here? The, the Monster from Jekyll Island, something Yeah, like The Creature that. from Jekyll Island, yeah. Creature from Jekyll Island. Thank you very much. So that's a great read for people to, for people also to kind of um, be brought up to speed because this is all historical, factual evidence of the establishment of the Federal Reserve note, which is our centralized currency that we're using today. Before that, there were hundreds of different currencies that we had, even the greenback which was actually backed by gold and silver. Uh, the way our currency works right now is the reason why we have coins. Um, a nickel is supposed to uh, represent 0.5% silver. A dime is supposed to represent 0.10%. Um, and uh, you know, a dollar was supposed to represent an ounce of silver. So that's why we still have coins in circulation at which they did their best to type try to reduce from circulation during the pandemic they use it as an excuse to snatch up all of our coins because they know that those coins are more valuable than the dollars in your wallet which are backed by nothing i mean they're pretty much printed on paper look at it and your one dollar bill is no different than your hundred dollar bill other than the, the numbers that were printed on that piece of paper. Nothing give that, gives that piece of paper power except for your use of it. Um, and that's why I said, under my Gold New Deal here in California, we'll be creating a state currency where we will have our own um, paper currency to compete with that, but it will be backed by California resources. So it's sad that we only rely on one company to provide this resource for us that's the lifeblood of all of our livelihoods when the monopolization has killed that ingenuity. Why are we not using cryptocurrency in everyday life? Which is another thing the Bank of California will be doing is banking with cryptocurrency. It's starting to pick up and a lot of people are starting to um, gain interest in it. But as far as its um, universal, I guess, uh, exception, uh, it's still slow to pick up. But you have companies like PayPal that are now um, doing banking in cryptocurrency. You have companies uh, like, uh, I forgot what Major League Baseball League was it, but they'll let you buy season tickets using cryptocurrency, you know? <laughs> so it's starting to have some um, worldwide acceptance. And once it picks up, then it'll actually challenge the, um, you know, the Federal Reserve note, the paper dollar that we have now. You have other countries that are moving away from that 
uh, usage as well. The petrol dollar is what drives the world currency. So if if you have other countries like China and Russia and, you know, those in the Middle East that move away from using the U.S. dollar to do their trading, then the U.S. dollar will lose all of its power. And it'll only be um, something that the people of America use, in which case it'll be valueless. Um, so that's what we want to do is we want to make sure that we position ourselves economically to where we're able to bounce back from when the dollar falls because it's bound to happen. It's just a matter of time. And is it important that that cryptocurrency be based off of something of intrinsic value, uh, like a metal, a gold or a silver? Uh, yes, indeed. I mean, the Bitcoin is pretty much its own, you know, phenomena, as well as many other cryptocurrencies that are only digital platforms. But then you have those others that are growing that are actually backed by precious metals and other resources, other commodities. And those, I believe, will be uh, rivaling Bitcoin and, you know, Ethereum and other cryptocurrencies that are out there right now because they will have more um, value to it. So the crypto market is interesting because right now you only have so few that are considered to be strong. But if you look at the Dogecoin, uh, it is rising in value. It went from seven cents at the beginning of the year to where now I believe it's around 70 cents uh, just a few months later. So. In a few years' time, once more people start accepting it and start putting it to, into use, then we'll see the, um, the value of all of these cryptocurrencies go up and more will emerge. So, Nicholas, uh, tell listeners a little bit about the, um, uh, the support that you're getting, uh, the, the, what you're doing. Have you reached out to Ron Paul for uh, an endorsement? Um, what's, what's your personal movement uh, like there in California? Well, Ron Paul's a bit elusive. From what I heard, he's uh, very leery when it comes to endorsing candidates, <laughs> which he should be. I understand why, especially after being involved in political parties now. It's like, you know, uh, giving someone your endorsement is, could be a, a, a mark of death if you're, you know, putting your name behind the wrong person. So um, thankfully, I've been able to create a great reputation for myself with my activism and have a cross-party platform that's very appealing to many people on the left and the right, liberals and conservatives. And because I'm very involved in the community, I get to speak to hundreds, thousands of voters face to face and, you know, explain my platform to them and find out what it is that they want themselves in leadership as well as from the state government. And because of that, I have a more in-depth um, knowledge and idea of what that looks like. And I've been able to gain their support just by doing that. Also, my involvement in lots of these organizations that have been pushing for, you know, uh, rights, 
what is it, rights protection, such as we have rights. They were involved in um, reopen protests here in the state and were able to galvanize tens of thousands of people. And I was one of their organizers and an MC at a, a few of their events. And I'm also involved in the Yes California Congress, like I said, which has uh, nearly 200,000 members. So with me gaining more popularity on a grassroots level, I'm also involved now in the um, neighborhood precinct committee movement that's been spearheaded by Steve Bannon and um, uh, the Republicans to kind of get people involved uh, on the grassroots level again. And that's going to be difficult to do here in California, seeing as it is Democrat, uh, you know, democratically ruled by the Democratic Party. But you got a lot of people in the state that don't agree with their leadership and haven't for the past decade now that they've been in power. So they're looking for someone fresh, someone new, and uh, to start from scratch. And that's the possibility that I present to them as a candidate. And we want to get away from you know, career politicians and those that are corrupt and bought out by these unions and, you know, big banks, big pharma, uh, they have their own interests when they back these candidates and when they pour tens of millions, hundreds of millions of dollars into their campaign, it's only evident that they only want to maintain that control versus using that money where it could be better well spent and helping those people in the community, you know? Why isn't homelessness being addressed by um, these people that claim to care about it, but are throwing money behind the, the candidates to deal with the issue? Gavin Newsom hasn't done anything about homelessness at all. Uh, over the past year, he's splurged over $100 million putting unhoused people in uh, uh, ran down hotels throughout the state. Wow. Instead of building 3D printed homes, like what I would do, uh, these 3D printed homes can be built in less than 24 hours, less than $5,000 each, and they're self-sustainable. There's even a city in Rancho Mirage, California, that's going to be building, I believe, about a thousand of these homes for commercial sale. Uh, I would be using that for public housing and I think it could be better of a solution than what's being d done now by our governor. And uh, that sounds it sounds a little bit like um, sounds a little bit like communism, putting putting people into in the hotels like that. Uh, and, 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 and Caitlyn Jenner has recently announced um, uh, her uh, candidacy. Um, and, uh, and, 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 and and so that's going to be one of your, uh, your 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 main competitors. Um, uh, Nicholas, some closing closing thoughts for for listeners, please uh, uh, tell tell them where they can find more information about you, how they can get involved in supporting you and, and your uh, and your cause. Absolutely. Well, anyone is interested in helping out because um, all hands on deck here in California, as I said, with our recall effort, it was one of the largest volunteer uh, efforts in the country to remove an elected official. And we want to retain that control. We, we don't want this opportunity to be thrown away and taken over by, you know, special interest groups 
or people who care less about helping the people of California more than they care about helping themselves. Unfortunately, Caitlyn Jenner is one of those people. Having been a resident for nearly half a century, uh, she's done nothing to address the many issues here in California, hasn't been involved on the grassroots level, and uh, is using her elitism and her money to buy an election. We've seen that happen before time and time again, and if we want to bring that to an end, then we have to take control over our government um, on the ground level. That's exactly what I'm doing, and as a candidate, that's my pledge to anybody that supports my campaign, whether you're in California or not, because you don't have to live in California to donate to my campaign <laughs> or even spread the word, you know, on social media and tell others about me. So please visit my website, wildstar2022.com. That's wild like an animal, star like in the sky, 2022.com. Um, and please join the movement right now because we don't want to wait four years. We don't want to wait eight years, 10 years. We want the change to bring back liberty in California now. So uh, please help out in the effort by getting involved in my campaign today. And I think she, she probably made most of her money in that state uh, as a male. Um, uh, so, but, but I don't know if she, what she's made as, 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 a, as a female. Uh, the, the, the closing question for you, uh, Nicholas, is, is very simple. Was the, was the 2020 uh, US federal election uh, rigged? Yes, every election, presidential election, is rigged. <laughs> Good answer. <laughs> I've seen it time and time again. People feel robbed when, you know, uh, what is it, uh, Al Gore lost. People right. feel robbed when Donald <laughs> Trump won, you know, so... Hey, people are always going to be upset with the election results. And if anything, I think we need to have some electoral reform, maybe implement ranked choice voting so the American people can have more options or even blockchain voting or voting by phone or voting online, you know, give we the people more um, accountable ways, more, um, you know, options uh, to validate our votes. And then we'll see a difference in politics. But until then, yes, question everything government does, period. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, Nicholas, thank you very much uh, for uh, joining the program. Uh, and uh, and, and uh, we'll reach back to you when you're, when you're governor. I would love that. Thank you so much for speaking with me. And God bless and take care. Uh, great. Uh, Great guy there and really gets the he really gets the the banking corruption folks and um and that's what I that's what I do. Uh yeah, I've 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 got this um online station out of Europe now that wants to pick me up and and and, and in, in conversation it was basically, well, how you know, how does how does how does money how does that? How is that the problem? And l- let me let me just let me just answer. Let me just answer uh, that in a very balanced level, elementary um, way. Um, money is money is the the, the root of all function. <laughs> 
uh, in the human existence on a day-to-day life, right? Um, you know, money doesn't cause, well, it can, uh, cloud seeding, but money doesn't cause the, 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 the rain to fall. It doesn't call the, cause the flowers to grow. Um, it doesn't cause the planet to rotate. Um, but as an existence, the system that we've created um, as a species, uh, we don't live in this world without money. Um, that is just the civilization that we have openly inherited and we allow to continue. Okay, so the argument there is the you know communist and socialist. But the problem with that, in my view, is not spreading the wealth. Um, uh, uh, well, it, one one person's wealth is their wealth, and that's a free capital society that the United States has grown and flourished under. And I base that on, again, freedom of religion, freedom of speech, freedom of press. Without those three things, you don't have a open, free society, period. So you, you're unable to grow and flourish under a free capitalistic society. That's just my opinion. Um, but under a communist kind of type of structure, uh, then you have a, a head that kind of regulates all of the the, the spending and earning um, and a day-to-day functions of living in, in that monolistic society. Uh, the problem with that is that that head regulates and sets um, for the most part. Um, and the world as we know it has unable to productively uh, create a system that is well-balanced and creates and broadens and grows a middle class under a communist structure. Um, no civilization has ever done it as well as the United States. And right now, more than ever, that middle class is entirely being attacked because the global regime out of Switzerland, the Bank of International Settlements, and if you listen to yesterday's show, um, the organization that has had that structure um, historically, is the Roman Catholic Church. They've been in power for centuries and centuries and centuries and centuries, centuries, a millennia, a couple, okay? Um, that is a constant power in the world today. And as an American living under a freedom of religion mandate, or uh, policy rather, um, it is your duty, just as uh, Nicholas just said, is your duty to question government, question authority, because you are the authority. You, you, you elect these people. So um, that's my issue with the communist form of government. And, and Eric Phelps, the guest yesterday, clearly said that this is, it basically is, via the 1960s, what's called liberation theology. And it is a creation of the, um, the Roman Catholic Church sect or group organization that literally controls that body today uh, known as the Society of Jesus. Otherwise known as Jesuits, this is his claim, and from all my research, it's incredibly valid. Um, and, and I'll close with this: if you as, as you listen to this, look at history, and um, you know, I mean, there's famous philosophers in all eras that have said and warned about not learning from history. Um, history does repeat, and. Um, if you're looking at, for instance, we're just talking about because we just had Nicholas on running for governor for California, talking about the state of California. This is a Spanish word. Uh, it was formerly part of the Mexican Union and formerly part of New Spain. 
that comes from Europe, from Spain. Well, the Spanish, as they conquered, uh, they conquered uh, lands um, under a certain papal bull uh, administered from the Vatican, known uh, precisely as uh, the... Uh, 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 I get this for you. Uh, uh, well, uh, the uh, Treaty of Tordesillas. Um, and the papal bull that the Treaty of Tordesillas was operating under um, is uh, uh, known as the um, Iteria uh, Careta. And, and, and do not, <laughs> do not mark, mark me on that because that is not the, not the right way to pronounce it and it's not even the right words to use, but that's enough information for you to research this. And Treaty of Tordesillas is probably the, the one that will take you down that road. This is the Papal Bull that allowed these uh, these nations, such as Spain, England, but primarily Spain and Portugal, when it was uh, prolongated, um, uh, 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 to conquer and own these lands. So you must ask yourself, if you're a native, and you're a Cherokee, or you're a Oaxacan, or you're a native, an Aztec, you say, what gives that person that authority to come conquer my lands in the name of God. Okay. And the same thing is happening today. It's the same structure in my view. It's the same structure that Americans are fighting to this day. It's a holy war. Okay. So it's a holy war and who's behind it. Well, America's not behind it because they grant religious freedoms. Their constitution, the United States constitution is not behind any type of holy war. In fact, if you look at both world wars of the past century, World War I and World War II, the United States really had no business being involved in either one of those wars. Why was it involved? Because of economic strings that had produced in 1913 uh, under Woodrow Wilson uh, the Federal Reserve Act. Okay? Um, Vietnam, an endless war that only brought fruit and value to the corporations financing the militaries. And it all roots back to the English and the French, but it's not, the buck doesn't stop there because they're running systems that again, root to Rome. So getting past Rome, not saying that the buck stops in at the Vatican, but you can certainly trace roots prior to that. But you can certainly, you can certainly uh, investigate and you should feel free to do so. And so I do urge you to investigate, but as Americans pull back and say, Hey, wait a second, we've got a system that is collapsing within. Do you want it to collapse and fold into the great reset of the world economic reform uh, and Klaus Schwab? Or do you want to try to save it and save your state, such as Nicholas is doing in California, and say, okay, hold on. No, we're going we're gonna to hold on to our, our own personal sovereignty. And we're going to, we're, we're going to enter this, uh, this, this, this financial system that's based, that, that's based off of intrinsic value, again, gold and silver. Um, that's an uphill battle because, uh, according to Dr. Peter Beter, who was outspoken against uh, the golden Fort Knox in the early 1970s with, um, who was a former JFK advisor said, frankly, the Rockefeller sold all the gold in Fort Knox. Okay. This is not what I'm saying. This is what Peter, uh, Peter Beter was saying. JD, uh, was saying, and, uh, I have, I have no reason to uh, say otherwise, uh, he, the Rockefeller, he said the Rockefeller sold the, the uh, gold, the European interest at below market rate. Americans have no gold. We know that FDR, uh, uh, FDR um, uh, confiscated all public gold 
1933. Um, and um, we know historically, uh, per the Richard, uh, Nixon's shock in 1971, that there's been no gold standard uh, backing these notes that circulate uh, in American currency. So uh, Nicholas brings up some very valid points. And I do urge you to, um, to, to look into what he's doing, support him, uh, and, um, and pass the message on. Uh, so, um, I'll be back in an hour with, uh, two people talking about, uh, child, child abuse, uh, sexual assault out of orphanages in Haiti. Absolutely disgusting topic, but, uh, I was asked to, uh, take it on today and, and I'm, I'm going to do so. So, um, this is, uh, Ian Trottier for Discussion of Truth and until next time, folks, um, be awesome.